Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Okay, it's a Friday edition of the show. Scoops with Danny Mac, Dan McLaughlin with you. My guest will be Scott Highmark. He is the Billiken Hall of Famer and uh, high school basketball in full swing. Some of it this weekend and tonight. They hope to tip that off, and uh, there's jamborees going on and whatnot. So good luck to all the high school kids trying to get their season going, and college gets going next week. Were you listening to the crossover? I'm curious what you think if they should expand if we get there. Knock on wood, I hope they get there. Should they expand um, March Madness? I think they should. I also think they should expand the college football playoff, Scotty. I I think that we're getting to the point now that the SEC is running out of runway, so to speak. Big Ten definitely running out of runway. Out West, they're running out of runway. Uh, We're hearing about games again getting canceled at the end of this week. Mizzou, uh, hearing uh, Randy and Michelle talking about it. You know, what is it, three games in the last, uh, what, 45 days or something like that if they play this weekend, which they will. Eli Drinkowitz is down to barely enough scholarship players to field his team. I think you got to expand it. I think if this was ever a time to do it, do it right now. If they're going to plow forward and get the college football season in, which by all intents and purposes they're going to do, now is the time, if there ever was a time, to expand it, now is the time to do it. So for me, there's three really, really good teams in college football. Clemson, Bama, and then Ohio State. Notre Dame is on the fringe for me. I know they beat Clemson, but obviously without Trevor Lawrence. For me, I think that if you do expand it, something crazy could happen, which is what you'd want, but I don't anticipate it happening. So that's why for me, if you're going to expand it, great, I'm happy for it, but I'm also cool with leaving at four because I think there really is a decisive four teams that are the best in the entire country. Bill Hand is the executive director of the college football playoff and he was talking about why he doesn't want to push the college football playoff back again conference championship games are scheduled december 18 and 19 as of now and to push that back a week obviously would be christmas and christmas day and i didn't sense a lot of uh, of desire to do that and also no one really knows what we would gain by pushing back. There's no indication that January will conditions will be a lot better than they are in December. Makes sense. He also further clarified why there is no replacement for a fifth college football playoff team. You know, if you think about it, that, that team five would have been off in some other bowl game. And, and to call them in to play in the semifinals, they, they probably would have enjoyed it, but they, they wouldn't have had time to prepare uh, and then the question would come up, what ha- what happens to the slot they vacated? And you would have had the dominoes fall. So the, so the committee decided we're just not going to do that. Well, I think that college football team that was fifth would have said, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. No problem. We'll figure it out to be number four. Get us in. I didn't think about that. Having like an understudy as like a team in waiting, like, hey, you might get in. And if any team falls out, you plug in that spot. That's really interesting. It is. And I think that number five team would have said, we'll take our chances. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll take our chances. Oh. No problem. Oh, do you want to go play in the uh, tax layer bowl or another one of these BCS? Or do you want to be in the college football playoff, even though you don't have any preparation time? Yeah, Give us the college football playoff. Um, I don't know about anybody else out there. I miss hockey. I, I miss hockey right now more than I missed it even during the shutdown. Right now I miss it. And normally in October and November, 
I enjoy going down to Enterprise because it's something to do with my kids. It's Thanksgiving. We'll go get tickets and we'll have a nice night out right around Thanksgiving. You know, it, and it, it will turn on the game on TV on Fox Sports Midwest. And I love listening to John Kelly and Darren Pang and Andy Strickland and um, and the gang. And I, I just enjoy it. I miss it now more than I ever have. Or I'll listen to the game with Curbs and Joey when I'm driving around. It's, you know, usually a couple games a week. And it's like, oh, hockey's going on. And am I paying attention to standings? No. Am I paying attention to who's leading the league in goals? Nope. Am I really paying attention to what's going on with the game in general? Not really. But I just miss having hockey around. I miss it more right now than I ever have. I think when I see the game-winning goal highlights like these one yes. year ago or whatever, I see that and I see the fan reaction and go, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what it feels like right now. That's how much I miss it. I'm right there with you. So we know the NBA right around Christmas time, December 22nd, they're going to try to get their season going. We, we do know that. They have a date that is set. We have heard, at least the the rumors have been, okay, January 1st, that's been talked about. Then we've heard middle of January, we've heard February 1st maybe, could it be 60-game season? Full season could be tough. That would butt up right against the Olympics. Olympics are on NBC. NBC's got the playoff hockey. Um, It'd be tough to maybe get that in. Now we're hearing maybe a 48-game season. Players want to get paid. The owners want to play. We're hearing everybody wants to play. Now we're hearing kind of what baseball was going through in the middle of the summer just to get this thing going. CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement. I'll give hockey this. I gave them a ton of credit. We didn't hear a lot about what was going on when they had their return to play. It was really quiet, and they got a four-year CBA done right it was awesome i was like wow these guys during a pandemic got this thing done well yes and no now it's like well we need to kind of renegotiate this thing so elliot freeman outstanding journalist from sportsnet in uh, canada is saying it's not going as smoothly as we like and so cooler heads need to prevail because they're going back to the negotiating table to try to get something done. You normally in this in this business, you send out texts or make calls, and, and you're lucky if like uh, a, a, a certain percentage of them gets returned. Uh, yesterday, a lot of them were getting returned, and overnight, because you know they were frustrated, they were upset, and some of the reasons that Justin was just mentioning there. Um, you know, I, I think cooler heads will prevail. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the train got off the tracks yesterday. They'll try to put it back on the tracks as soon as today. You know, they know they need each other. This is not a time where um, you can really afford to have uh, the, the league and the players not on the same page. There are much bigger issues. And I think they will get it. Like I said, I, I think they will get it sorted out. And so the players and the agents, they need time to figure out the finances. But here's the problem. We are on uh, November 20th, and if they're hoping to play on January 1st, that's fine. You could say, well, you're going to plenty of time, right? You get a, a training camp in, and, and you drop the puck, and you go, and you, you maybe do geographic alignment. There's issues up in Canada because of the virus going over the border, and yeah, you can figure that out. Here's the problem, though. You haven't had teams, because some of them didn't go to the bubbles, that, that, that haven't played since March 
you're going to need more time than just, say, a normal training camp. Some of these players are going to need more time. And you're going back to the injury factor. That's almost a year. You know, when you when you start playing in January, think about that. That's January, February, March. That's almost a year that you haven't played hockey. So they got to get this thing going. Yesterday was a very tough day, a very raw, emotional day for the players. And uh, they need some time. Now, one thing I can tell you is I know just some agents are, are running the math uh, for their players. They're saying, look, if you... And, and certainly, I, I'm sure that what was suggested by the league could be negotiated too. Um, I'm, I'm sure those numbers aren't set in stone. Um, but I think what a number of agents are doing is running the math for their clients and saying, okay, like this is this is what they, they need. And I was talking to one guy this morning and he was saying, look, if, if you figure it out, if you take like a $3 million player and assume 40% tax, it is a difference of probably a, like... I think he told me I had the figures somewhere else was around $200,000. And that's if you defer it. And he's a big believer in you defer over escrow. You take the biggest deferment option you can and you don't you do the escrow change. One of the things, though, that he did point out, and this is important, that everyone, including ownership, wants to play. He's saying, hey, owners aren't just saying we're going to use the virus and say, well, we're going to take the year off and then you know, start next year where everybody's got the vaccine and people can get into the stadiums and we're back to normal. He's saying, nah, no, everyone's, everyone wants to play starting this year. The players want to play. The league wants to play. Do I think there are some teams who aren't thrilled about this and, and aren't convinced the economics work? Yes, I, I completely believe that. But uh, like Batman on the call last week, Guys told me he's hell-bent on playing, and he wants to start sooner as opposed to later. So we're going to play. We're just going to have to find a way to work this out. I, I just can't imagine in the middle of a pandemic that this is going to end up in that way. I refuse to believe it. Yeah, and the key with that is that, you know, you can't have your sport take off, Scotty, for 14 months, which essentially is what you would be doing. It'd be about, well, it'd be over a year can't have that if I mean, you're if you're if you go dark for 14 months you're out of the the landscape that's not good well and you have some teams that haven't even played since march already good so point. add that on to ha- six teams that haven't even gotten to play since march so what would the potential schedule look like and this is interesting for fans obviously right here in st louis from what i hear they're talking 60 games now i i did get a text this morning from someone who said it could go up to 62 but it looks like it's 60 um, it's a Canadian division, three U.S. divisions. Basically, put your columns down the states and you get who's in what division. Uh, divisional play only in your own buildings. Baseball style, back-to-backs in one arena. Um, playoffs begin at the latest mid-May. I believe there is going to be a week or two built into the schedule after the regular season before the playoffs to make up any games that need to be made up. And if not, you just move up the playoffs. Stanley Cup awarded by uh, mid-July at the latest. So I, I think the players in the league have both seen this, and I think they've both, I mean, there could be some tweaks here and there, but I'm told that's what they're looking at, and they both kind of agree, kind of agree that that's where they're going to go. And that makes sense. you got to have flexibility. You heard the, the week or two before the end of the regular season and then the playoffs. I find that interesting from a competitive standpoint because at the end of the regular season, you always think about guys that are banged up. Can they get ready for a playoff run? You know, you think about that. 
is Tarasenko going to be ready with his shoulder or is this guy going to be ready with that banged up knee, sore hip, uh, upper body injury, whatever. So that would potentially let a playoff team get physically somewhat healthy. But with the virus, if you got to make up games, that gives you two weeks to kind of get those games going. And, you know, if a team's on the, for lack of a better term, the bubble to get in, you know, they're going to have to play those games. So that would be playoff style hockey for those two games to make it up and to see where they would seed and just whether or not they would get in. And then finally, Elliot Friedman talked about the deadline. This is interesting, too, for getting a CBA deal done. When Bettman says, and Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, they say they want to play January 1st like, like they're not BSing us like they like I, I think they've surprised people by how they are determined to do this but they really want to try and do it I mean the more games the better it is for your TV revenues and things like that and also it gives you more runway if COVID wrecks havoc with your season so they really want to do it so my guess is we've got to know sometime between U.S. Thanksgiving and the end of November. That would make sense, like we talked about, because at that point, training camp for three weeks and then the start, the drop of the puck, and that would be right around the first of the year. So some of your thoughts on that, 65780, that is the text line, the Air Comfort Service text line, and uh, we'll get into some of your thoughts on that. Also, some interesting thoughts, uh, hopefully here with Scott Highmark, and we'll get into the college basketball season. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It's a Friday, it's almost basketball season, and St. Louis University, their season is right around the corner. It is highly anticipated. It's one of the most highly anticipated seasons they have had in years. And we get to talk with the St. Louis University Hall of Famer, and that is Scott Highmark. Scott, always great to hear your voice. Hopefully you are safe and healthy and your family is doing quite well. How are things going? Uh, They're going great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Always good to visit with you. Looking forward to hopefully doing some basketball with you this winter and uh, it's it's fun to talk hoops so it, thanks for having me you know you said hopefully and and that's where i'm at right now fingers crossed knocking on wood and hopeful is probably the best way to put it i i'm hopeful that we get to a college basketball season and a high school season i i'm hopeful i i'm not 100% sure yet where where are you as we get ready for a college and high school basketball season yeah, I don't think I don't think you can be anything but hopeful. Certainly, you can't have certainty. I mean, every day you look online or you look on Twitter, and literally, like teams, you know, you know, scores of teams are are getting quarantined, or somebody's getting it, or or you know, entire you know half half of certain leagues are out for a period of time already. So you're hearing about schedules having to change three, four, five times. I've talked to a couple of college coaches the last couple of days who they, they, they know they're going to miss their home opener and their second game already. So it's hard to think about a schedule is, is certain. And uh, it's just interesting to see how everybody's navigating this. Um, obviously as a basketball fan, you know, and for the kids who've worked so hard, you certainly want them to have a season, but that doesn't, so it doesn't trump the health and safety of, of of the players and the coaching staff and the administration. So that that takes priority. But I would say hopeful and flexible uh, are probably the key terms in college basketball this year. And you saw it in baseball. I mean, 
flexibility is the key. If, if you get hard and fast about anything, uh, the news is changing, the, the, the cycle's changing, and if you're not flexible, you're going to be really frustrated this year probably. Do you think that they can be as flexible as the college football season has been to where you can have the off week and then say, okay, well, let's take Team X and match it up with Y and Z is out this week, and, and okay, that's how we're going to do it. Let's let's match up these two teams very quickly and, and play this game on a Tuesday night, and then these two teams can play on a Saturday and, and do that kind of thing, or is that going to be too tough to do with, with college basketball? Because I, I do think that's the way this thing's going to go as we move along, especially in the winter months. It's a great question, and I, I, it seems as if that would that would be the the plan of attack in terms of trying to be flexible. And I even I even read something this morning about coaches regionally are staying connected through like a group text message that says, "Hey, if you have a game get canceled, call us, and we'll see if we have an open date." So I think the schedule is going to change a lot. And teams are probably going to end up playing more regionally. I would say at the end of the day, if, 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 if college basketball, most teams in college basketball got to play their conference season and the NCAA tournament, I would, I would take that right now. Just book, put me down for that. And I would take that right now. But I know a, a lot of schools and, you know, including, you know, teams like St. Louis U that need typically need that non-conference season. They need to get a couple victories in the non-conference to build their resume. You want to play those non-conference games to build your resume. So you, if you're on the bubble in March, you have an opportunity to to get in. But I just think it's not going to be an apples to apples when you look at RPIs and net rankings. Whenever the tournament is in Selection Sunday, it's not going to be a fair fight, Dan, because. Some teams are going to play 27 games. Some teams might play 15. Some teams might play 18. Some teams can't travel to get the competition. So it's going to be really interesting if we get to an NCAA tournament, how that committee is going to make a selection because it's it's not a level playing field. It won't be this year. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, I think you have to look at is when they get to that point, when and if we get to that point, Let's say a team uh, loses a game, and we know that if they had the normal five to seven uh, yeah, right. complement of players, that they they would be, let's just say, on a normal game, they they would have the top seven players, but right. two of their best players are are gone, you know, for for fourteen days, seventeen days because they had COVID, and they lose that game. Is that fair to to knock them because they they were out? That's the other thing I think you have to keep in mind too. It's like, hey, Trevor Lawrence didn't play against Notre Dame. Should right. we should we count that against them? I don't know if that's if that's fair, right? That's something to think that's about too. That's a great point. It's a great. I mean, if if St. Louis U doesn't have Jordan Goodwin and Hassan French, and they lose to Duquesne, do you how how much do you knock them? I mean, especially in basketball. I mean, with basketball, I mean, it's a, there's five guys on the court. In football, at least there's you know 11 and 11, there's 22. Maybe you got more of a chance in football, perhaps. But in basketball, you lose a key player or two, and it's a totally different makeup. So, yeah, I mean, there are just all kinds of uncertainties like that, that it's not going to be perfect. And, you know, there are going to be folks that are probably going to be, well, already are disappointed and probably if, if and when we get through this season are probably going to feel like it wasn't a fair fight, but – you know, we're all learning to, to just to be flexible and understand where we are in big picture now. So let's throw that out the window. Let's talk about if we get to that season, which, you know, at some point we will. 
uh, slew with all its complement of players coming back. In my mind, top 25 team. I think they're the best team in the A-10. I, I think they're a team that can make a run once they get into the NCAA tournament. How excited are you about this this team coming back for Travis Ford? Oh, Dan, I, I'm totally with you. I think it's as deep and talented a group as, I mean, even even go, looking at the Majerus teams, which were fantastic, and he had some top 20 teams and teams that made uh, one games in the NCAA tournament. I look at this team and the roster both, both kind of at the at the top, the the Jordan Goodwins, the Hassan French, the Javante Perkins. But then if you go beyond those top three, the depth that they have with Yuri Collins and Gibson Jimerson and Fred Thatch and Jimmy Bell and Terrence Hargrove and the, the new six eight shooter from Sweden. I mean they they just they literally have ten, nine, ten, maybe even eleven guys uh that they can play and not lose a lot when they go to the bench. I, this it would be a real shame if they don't get to to play a full season or, or get an opportunity to play in the tournament. Cause this is a team that is built for a, what I would call like a second weekend in the tournament. They could win a game or two in the tournament uh, with the experience and the talent and the athleticism that they have. I, you know, most people think they in, in Richmond are going to be the top of the a 10, but I have a hard time believing that anybody's going to be uh, more competitive in the a 10 than, than the Billikens It's Travis Ford's fifth year. He's recruited well, and he's got experience. He's got guard play. He's got shooters. They always defend. They always rebound. And now he's got a little bit more offensive punch and a true point guard. I'm I'm trying to poke holes in it, and I don't see a lot of holes. Javante Perkins, I don't think gets enough credit. We always talk about Goodwin. We talk yeah. about French. Perkins is is about as pure a score that SLU has had in quite a while. Would you agree? Totally. I, I totally agree. People forget it. Everybody talks about Goodwin and French, who are fantastic, and we'll go down as two of the best all-time players at SLU for sure. But Javante Perkins, maybe it's because he was a college, uh, junior college transfer, uh, but people forget he's from St. Louis um, and uh, went to Southwestern Illinois Junior College and came in and just is a natural-born scorer. It's just he is so smooth. I think he averaged about 18 points a game in A-10 play and just got better and better. And it usually takes junior college kids about a half a, half a year, as you know, to really adjust to Division One play. But the second half of the year, I mean, he was their go-to guy. When they needed a bucket, they were clearing out a side and running an isolation play for Javante Perkins to go get a bucket. He's six 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 seven, really long. He's got a good mid-range game, but he's long enough to finish at the rim. I mean, you've got three guys, Goodwin, French, and Perkins, that are probably in the top five or six players in the A-10. Terrence Hargrove, I'm excited about this kid. He was about as athletic as you're going to find as a freshman last year. It took him a while to get time, but uh, a lot of people are talking about him in year number two. What are your ex- expectations for Terrence Hargrove? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, every, he came in with a lot of expectations, one state championship at East St. Louis High School, and Kennedy was buried on the bench for the good part of, of last year, and then it was the Maryville game. That, that they were a little shorthanded, and he, he scored 24 points and just got some confidence, and I think Travis Ford saw something in him, and I think Terrence saw something in himself, and all of a sudden, the, the, the light kind of went on, and from then on, he was really a key contributor, and we, we know how athletic he is. We know we can finish in transition. He's athletic. He'll guard. He'll rebound. The question is, you know, can, he, can he score enough? Can he shoot the ball well enough and consistent enough to be a threat? And he has proven that. And then 
by all estimates, he's really worked on his game in the offseason. I think he's kind of one of those X factors. You think about getting – you have him and Fred Thatch and Gibson Jimerson all on the wings. I, I mean, that is a great uh, – th- those are three guys that bring three different elements to the game. But I think Hargrove has a higher ceiling than, than the other two. Yuri Collins was a leading assist man among all freshmen, not just in the A-10, not just at SLU – but in the entire country, what does he have to do to take his game to another level? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the kid just sees the game in a way that most people don't see it, and he, he passes guys open. They don't even know they're open, and he sees it develop before they see it. And he's really, really a gifted, gifted passer. Honestly, the only thing he really needs to work on is just be a credible 15- to 18-foot jump shooter. Because if they have to come out and pressure him, he's going by them. Um, and teams started to scout him a little bit late in the year. If he gets in transition, it's over because he's going to make the right decision more times than not. Is it, it, the question is, has he developed a, a, a credible jump shot 15 feet, maybe out to the three-point line, where they have to come out and guard him? Because if they do, that's going to open up driving lanes, not only for him, but his teammates. But I think Yuri Collins is going to come. He will end up being one of the best point guards in SLU history Now, one of, it's all said and done. One of the best players i got to ask you about as we uh, just about wrap this thing up. You know, there's another high mark that's coming along that's better than Scott Highmark. Will you tell me about that high mark, please? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, she she would not argue that point. But uh, yeah, my, my young my young daughter Brooke, who you've seen coming to games with me since she was little, is a she's a junior in high school at Westminster Christian Academy, and she loves the game. And she's just like every other Hooper; she wants to play, and and they're hoping to play tomorrow night, their first game. And we're all crossing our fingers and holding our breath that that they're actually going to get to play high school basketball around here but uh yeah she she loves the game and she grew up watching the billikens and coming to games with me just as, as your kids have and it's it's fun to watch your kids play as you know it's awesome and you're doing some great work in the financial world too uh for for fans that are curious about what you're doing scotty these days tell us what you're up to yeah thanks for asking we uh w- yeah we have a company called mosaic family wealth and we're a multi-family office and registered investment advisory firm and uh, here right, right outside of Clayton, Brentwood. And we, we get the opportunity to work with some incredible families and, and business, businesses and just kind of help them steward their wealth and, you know, pursuing, pursuing, you know, beyond success to a life of significance and making sure that we're helping them on that journey. So it's really, really rewarding to kind of marry the financial piece of it with the behavioral finance piece of it. And I'm very blessed uh, and work with an incredible team here. So appreciate you asking. I know that uh, the younger Highmark uh, doesn't like to pass up shots, just like the old man. So she's shooting <laughs> she it a little bit naturally. She's shooting it a little bit better than the old man. I can tell you that. Oh, she comes by it naturally. She asked me from time to time, Dad, what did you shoot from the three-point line? What did you shoot from the free throw line? Did you ever do this? So she, she hadn't, to this point, she hadn't shown much interest in my, in my career. But now that she's getting a little more serious about it, she's, she's uh, trying to make a name for herself. So it, it's been fun. That's awesome stuff. Thanks, Scotty. Appreciate it. Anytime, Dan. Thank you. You got it. That's Scott Highmark. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Is there anything that Woj doesn't break? Dude is ridiculous. Him and Shams, man. They went. They were going back and forth on draft night. That's so entertaining. So funny. Oh, my goodness. Whatever they're paying him, it's 
really not enough. Now, I know in the business that they're in, it's about breaking stories, but you don't go sitting around the Thanksgiving table saying, hey, by the way, uh, this guy got traded, and did you hear it from Woj? I don't think. I mean, it's more about, hey, this guy got traded, right? but they're in the business of breaking news. So but, you do go to him. Yeah. But so I, is it about the Twitter feed, or is it about the trade? Man, I, it's, it's about the trade, but I think when you attach his name, it's just automatic. It's just, oh, yeah, yeah. It's never been, oh, Woj reported this and it didn't work out or it didn't turn out to be that way. He seems to have a 99% success rate, which is so important for insiders. It's incredible. 270, hey, Danny Mac, love the show. Enjoy the talk of Billikens. Uh, will you be doing the Billikens game on Thursday? Okay, so here's what I can tell you. Um, we are doing some Billikens games on Fox Sports Midwest. Uh, I can also tell you the schedule is not finalized. And uh, we don't know what the uh, Billiken games uh, are going to be. They, it's not quite finalized to my knowledge. So there are some games on the schedule that we know about in early December, is, is my understanding, that seem to be in kind of pencil pen. Is that, does that work, Scotty? Can I say pencil, pen, right? Kind of? I think you should yeah. probably just say pencil. Okay. Just to be yeah. safe. It's written down, but you can erase it or change it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would just say the best way to go about it is that everything is flexible at this point. And, and that's how I'm approaching college basketball. I think teams are just going to, like we talked about in the interview there with Scott Highmark, you, I think teams are just going to be really flexible with their schedules. Um I think coaches are probably on email chains and text chains and saying, hey, if you have a game on Tuesday and your game gets knocked out because the team you're playing, do you have a chance to come play us? And we'll we'll try to make it work. I, that's kind of what I'm hearing um, until you get into conference play. And then that might be a little bit more stringent once you get into that. But I, I think you're going to have to have a ton of flexibility as we go along with this because they, they don't have 60 guys and 70 guys on – uh, their roster at their disposable uh, disposal to, to try to play um, a college football game. It's going to be really tough to get through this thing. You know what I think can get overlooked, too, is how much work the assistant coaches are going to be putting in. I mean, Dan, you've oh, been around man. teams. The amount of film that they have to get for every game, be prepared. No and question. when you start, when you talk about starting moving the schedule around, you have to always have every single team ready to go every week rather than just one. 314 LOL, Danny Mac, you need one of those erasable pens. Great point. That's what I need. I've never seen one of those before. I used to have one. Um, <laughs> is a pencil pen a pen that looks like a pencil or a pencil that looks like a pen? Great point. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Danny Mack, for me, college football is the worst of every sport because over half the conferences involved have absolutely no chance of ever making a playoff game. To an extent, that's right. I mean, you give so much credit to the Power Five, but the Power Fives are ones that are playing the teams that are the best. That's the way it goes. Well, and when you're a Conference USA fan, that's what you have. That's your town. That's what's around you. You're a fan of them. I mean, we're, we don't have that here. And the Power Fives are not going to play those teams because they're not going to get anything out of it because if they lose, they're out. That's the problem with it. Uh, 314, the NHL needs to follow whatever the NFL is doing. They are getting in a massive percentage of their games. The difference is, though, it's a 16-game regular season, and the travel is mitigated because of that. So half your games are at home. You're going to eight cities. NHL is going to try to go through 
you know, playing a 60-game schedule, let's say, for argument's sake, and 30 of those are on the road, potentially. Now you can bubble up, which is something you got to think about, but still going on the road a little bit is going to be something you think about more so than what the NFL is trying to do, and they're still getting through this a little bit um, through COVID-19, but it's not easy. It's in The NHL is going to have to travel a little bit more. Uh, Danny Mack, what did you think of Lane Thomas in the article in the Post-Dispatch? A fabulous article by Ben Fredrickson today, and it's one of the things I've talked about with uh, the players with the Cardinals in COVID-19. We don't know how certain guys were affected, and that includes Carlos Martinez, and it's not to make excuses. Different guys were hit differently with this. Some guys bounced back, and boom, they were right back and hitting and producing. Paul DeYoung being one of them, tailed off at the end. To me, Lane Thomas did not look right. He just did not look right. Um, That's why I'm excited to see him. Um, And and as it was pointed out in Ben's article, and and by the way, you can listen to a podcast I did with Ben on my website, scoopswithdannymack.com, scoopswithdannymack.com. It's a long interview with Ben where he really dissects the visit that he had with Lane Thomas. Um, Put that up on the site this morning, but... He actually had, I think, two fewer at-bats this year than he did last year. We don't really know what Lane Thomas is. I mean, that's just the way it is. Remember the year before he got hit in the wrist and he was rolling along and it looked like he was going to be a pretty good player? Heading over 300. And you just don't know what he is. More so, you probably do know a little bit more about uh, Tyler O'Neill. A lot of strikeouts, pretty good power when he connects, but he doesn't connect a lot. So if you give one of those guys 500 bats, you might have something there. You don't know. Um, you just don't know. Um, should the NHL follow the NBA and how they plan their season? Would it work the same? NBA was in a bubble. NHL is not going to go in a bubble. Players said they, they're not going to do that. It's just not going to happen. NHL players are not going to do it. So anyway, we'll cross it over. Ribs, BK, and uh, that is coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything on today's show, check out the podcast brought to you by the good folks at I Promise. That's I Promise for the podcast. And uh, you better not be missing anything. So just go to the podca- uh, podcast and that's I Promise. Jamie Rivers hey, is Dan. in the house. It's a weekend. Hey, we got a short week next week. I don't know if you knew it. It's yeah. America Thanksgiving next week, buddy. You already had your Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah, you, we you uh, get two, don't you? We get two Thanksgiving. Do you I... celebrate two? No. Why? Well, because my entire family's American, so they're like, well, what? you could use it though. I yeah, could. You, you could see, you could, hey, hey kids, I might petition off for that next yeah. year to get the, uh, the free down. day off here. Yeah. And say, hey, guys, you know, it's a Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're take that Monday off. You could double down, man. I could. I could try. Could wear that little red thing, right? We could. Yeah. The what poppy. is it? The poppy, right? The poppy. Yeah. yeah. For Remembrance Day. That's right. what that's for. For Veterans Day here, Remembrance right. Day up in Canada. Right. Yeah. Double down, bro. I will. Why Face no, painted, I can't believe you don't white. do that. You you should be doing that. Why aren't you doing that? Um, that's bad, man. I don't know. That's Just, not uh, good. I enjoy the one down here though very much. Dan. Well, if you didn't listen to my show earlier, I hope you listen to the podcast. Thanks to I Promise because I talked to uh, oh I actually in the first segment didn't talk to but did talk a lot about hockey coming mm-hmm. back. Did you listen? I heard bits and pieces. You had Elliot Friedman on. Yeah. Well, I didn't have him on, but I played the sound bites. 
Well, technically, I had the sound bites on. I didn't personally talk to Elliot, but did you listen to the sound bites? I did. What do you think? Uh, I think they have some some work to do. Players, I think they have some work to do. The players are not. They're not happy. They're not thrilled. No. no. And it, I'm what I'm concerned about, and I saw it going through it. You know, in the summer where it got ugly and it got public. That's where I get concerned. I don't want to. I don't want to see this get public with the NHL. And that's where it's going to go. They do a pretty good job of keeping that behind closed doors. Yeah, it's starting to leak out now, it Jamie. It is a little bit. Come on now. Yeah, let's help the boys Come figure on, it out. Come on, don't take a high road here Have and a go, couple oh, of we're the NHL. Molson <laughs> Canadians, eh? Huh? Figure it all out, eh? A few Molsons? A couple of Molsons. Eh? Eh? Figure how it out. I, why do Canadians say eh? Okay, now, that my buddy, BK, always wonders that. Now, A is anything you want it to be. Okay. It can be a statement. So be like, it's a beautiful day out, eh? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay, so I get it, right? Or it'd be a question. Man, do you like the Cardinals, Hey, Like, huh? Yeah. It could be anything. It's beautiful. Hey, Hey. I know that, well, when I was doing the blues, everybody said, hey. Hey. My wife says, hey. She's American. She says it more well, than I do. When you when you're around a lot she of does. Canadian folks, you kind of take on ah, that that deal. She's you a know? wannabe. It's okay. I forgive her. I don't blame her for wanting to be Canadian. It's okay. Well, then why do you live here? You're Canadian. You're living amongst us. I love the United States of America, but doesn't okay. mean I don't love Canadians. I, I love Canadians. There you go. See, hey? I think they're great people. <laughs> I think they're wonderful people. Our friends to the north. They are. So now that we got through that, because I'd love you. You know that. I love you too, Dan. Thanks, buddy. We always got along great when you were playing. This is true. Um, what do you have coming up on the show? Well, of course, it's Freaky Friday yeah. for us, okay? And uh, therefore, we're going to have David Fleming on. He's an ESPN NFL writer, and I think he's going to have some good stuff for us. And look what the cat drug in. And then BK's coming in right now. He's getting mad at me for talking too long. We always play our One Gotta Go, which is our favorite game on Fridays. Just tune in, man, because we always have fun. Okay. Any uh, nicknames I need to be aware of? Let's see. Flemmer. David Fleming. Flemmer's yeah. coming on. Flemmer. Yeah. Okay. It kind of sounds like something in your throat that you Could need be. to spit. Could be. Maybe I'll work on that. Maybe by the time he comes on, I'll have a better one. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You eh? too. Take off, eh? Hoser. Hoser. Best movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes. Best movie ever. All right, you hoser. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You too, man. All right. Scotty, great job. Have a weekend that uh, you enjoy, everybody. And we'll talk to you at 10 on Monday on Scoops with Danny Mac. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise.